OTB GAA. And he threw his famous patented dummy hand pass because he was a big handballer with his right hand and I literally moved into another parish. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. Welcome to Friday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack. On the way, we hear from Leo Cullen and get the team news for tomorrow's derby at the Aviva with Leinster up against Munster. We hear from Jake White, who's a former England captaincy retirement. But first, Ulster were due to face a bunch of Springbok internationals tomorrow, but instead, their game in Durban is off. Due to a number of gastroenteritis infections among the travelling Ulster party, the game has been postponed. According to the Belfast Telegraph, rules require a side to be able to name six front rowers, three starters and three replacements. And it seems that Gareth Milosinovic's absence through concussion is the thing that tipped the balance towards postponement. Ulster haven't forfeited the fixture, therefore United Rugby Championship decided to shelve the game and will examine potential dates to reschedule. Glasgow Warriors have been similarly afflicted and their game away to the Emirates Lions has also been postponed. Glasgow picked up the virus earlier in the week while Ulster seemingly picked it up at the same Durban Hotel where the Warriors had been staying. Now to tomorrow's game at the Aviva and both Leinster and Munster have rung the changes for their derby clash. First to the hosts and Jonathan Sexton returns at out half to captain Leinster replacing Ross Byrne. Kieran Frawley is deployed at full back in place of his fellow Ireland call-up Jimmy O'Brien. Instead O'Brien moves to the wing with Jamie Osborne in for Rob Russell on the other. Cormac Foley is replaced at scrum half by Luke McGrath and Keane Healy comes in for Ed Byrne at loose head while Jason Jenkins returns for Ross Maloney in the second row. Caelan Doris switches to number 8 with Max Deegan and Scott Penny named either side of him in the back row. So the team in full has Frawley at full back with Jimmy O'Brien and Jamie Osborne on the wings. Gary Ringrose continues in the centre where this week he's partnered by his international teammate Robbie Henshaw. Then it's that halfback partnership of McGrath and Sexton in the front row. It's Keane Healy, Dan Sheehan and Tyg Furlong. In the second row it's inform Jason Jenkins partnering James Ryan while Max Deegan starts at blindside flanker Scott Penny on the open side and Doris at number 8 Leinster head coach Leo Cullen was asked today about the selection of Raleigh at fullback. Well Kieran's a great footballer um, for starters um, we, we've had some disruptions and injuries to the back three with a, with a few guys out at the moment um, you know, so we have, a, we have a back three there with uh, even Jamie Osborne on the wing now as well um, and Jimmy's moved on to the right um, and Kieran's come back in with Kieran had that knock to his shoulder a few weeks ago, so he's back now, come off the bench, just played 10 minutes last week. Um, and he, he gives us extra distribution. Um, you know, he, he's another pair of hands and he's a very good broken field runner as well. So um, yeah, he's played 15 in the past for us, so I think it's 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 good, you know, with Johnny there, um, Robbie and Gary, there's plenty of experience in the team as well. So. Um, yeah, no, looking forward to seeing how Kieran goes. Munster have also made sweeping changes for tomorrow's game. The continued rotation at fullback there sees Jack Crowley deployed for the first time at fullback, while Patrick Campbell drops to the bench. Rory Scannell and Liam Coombs come in for Calvin Nash and Malachi Fekatoa, while Craig Casey is replaced at scrum half by the vastly experienced Connor Murray. There are two changes in the front row, with Dermot Barron and Keenan Knox in for Niall Scannell and Stephen Archer. Tom Ahern replaces the injured Edwin Idogbo in the second row. Both flankers are changed too, with Ty Byrne and Peter O'Mahony missing out, Jack O'Donoghue and John Hodden at start. And Leo Cullen admits it's not quite the monster side that he was expecting. Yeah, like well, so we heard some reports about a few injuries, um, and that's the challenge. You know, like I think some of the squads were, were pretty thin for the start of the season, um, which always places a bit more pressure on everybody else. Then, so um, and you know, some teams will come through that better than others. So um, 
we were we were ready for anything really, like in terms of selection part, because we'd heard a few rumblings and rumours about the potential guys that may be missing. So I mean, we, we we tried to prepare accordingly. Um, it's always the trying to get the balance. Like eighty percent of it, you've got to focus on yourselves, and you know, you've got one eye maybe on what the opposition are doing. But like you still got to be able to make sure you get your own house in order, and that's what we tried to go after this week. So um, you have some good young players there. Um, that have featured well in that Emerging Ireland Tour. Um, some of them came back into the fall straight away last week and they gave a really good account of themselves against the big physical Bulls team. So, yeah, we know they can deal with that physical part. So for us now, as I said, it's just making sure we impose ourselves on the game well. Uh, we'll probably need to be more accurate than we were last week um, in terms of some of our own execution. Um, you know, the conditions played a part last week. Hopefully the conditions are going to be a bit better this week. Um, but we've had a decent week's training and hopefully that translates now into a, in a, into a good performance. It's been frequently stated this week how one-sided the rivalry between Munster and Leinster has become. Speaking on this morning's OTBAM, former Munster forward Alan Quinlan said one particular defeat among the recent nine will have hurt Munster more than most. And I think what happened last um, last May in the in the URC and the Aviva probably hurt more than anything because, and that was probably more concerning than anything because number one, it nearly put Munster out of the the playoffs, and two, it was a it was you know a second stroke third Leinster team that beat beat Munster, um, who were obviously missing some players themselves, but it was on paper it was it was you know it was a pretty decent Munster team, and they totally. Um, that was uh, totally overwhelmed in that game and beaten by energy, quality, um, tactical nous, and Munster were incredibly flat. So it's been a painful uh, situation for Munster. And and I think the start of the season, probably the optimism kind of faded away again a little bit. And, and there's a lot of change there. But, you know, with the new coaches coming in, I think we saw some glimpses last year against the Bulls, um, last week against the Bulls. And I think people... You know, it's funny. Some people were saying, "Well, the Bulls were useless. The Bulls were were no good." And and maybe there's some truth in that. But I think Munster executed so much better themselves. They had an energy about them that I think is a minimum standard. And you know, even if they made some mistakes, again, I think Munster fans were happy that there was a bit of fight. There was a bit of zip in their game, and you know, they were winning collisions against a very physical side. And then. You know, a lot of players played really well. So it gives a little shot in the arm again, but you go to Dublin this week and you think that could be taken away. I just think it's really important that it's it's going to be a week in Munster team. It's going to be a week in Leinster team. You talk about the rivalry. It is, the rivalry will always be there as regards, you know, the history between the two teams, but expectation or anticipation of this being a really tight game how many games back in the day could you say that this could go either way, Adrian? You know what I mean? And mm. that doesn't happen at the moment. And uh, that's just the reality. And, and obviously Leinster have a kind of their golden generation of players and they've they've uh, a lot of depth right across the board. And, and there's been question marks about some of the Munster players this year and, and the performances they've put in. So it's a daunting task. Um, but I think Munster have to bring a little bit of fight um, and I don't mean aggression as regards, you know, being niggle. I mean, just fight and passion themselves and try and build a little bit on what they did last week. Um, getting the result is, 
I wouldn't say it's out of their reach, but it's it's very difficult. But I think if they can build a little bit on the last week, um, certainly around the attack and and uh, you know forward dominance and stuff like that, not being dominated and get their set piece right. Um, there was things that people watched the last couple of weeks that was infuriating to watch. I'm sure it was hard on the Munster coaches as well and probably the players in the reviews, but um, a couple of steps forward. And my fear is um, that, you know, they could get, take a step or two backwards. Um, as long as it's not too many steps, I think it'll be, it'll be okay. Tonight, Connacht welcome the Scarlets to the sports ground where kickoff is at 7.35. Vodacom Bulls head coach Jake White says he feels sorry for Johan Goosen ahead of their Northern Hemisphere tour, which begins against Ireland. The out-half has been included in a Springbok training camp preparing for that tour. Out-half options for them are thin on the ground for Jack Nienheimer, Razzy Erasmus and Cohen. Goosen has been out of action due to a head injury of late, but White has backed his player to impress on the international stage in the long term. I feel sorry for him, Mainz, because I think people have this expectation. It happened in this last two games when he's played for us that he's going to just arrive on the field, wave a wand, and he's going to be the best player in the whole competition, you know. Um, he was on fire last year. I mean, he was by far the best player in the competition last year. And then he was out for 11 months. And I haven't coached a guy ever that comes back from 11-month injury and just basically pulls the strings and becomes, I don't think the best players in the world have ever done it, you know. So, and I'm talking about overseas best players. So, yeah, I feel sorry for him. Uh, he has a burning desire to be a springbok. He has a burning desire to get back into the national team. Uh, whether he's ready, you know, I mean, that, when, you know, obviously I don't think he's is where he wants to be. But I, I think it's like everything. In life, there's opportunities that come at different times and you've got to be good enough and tough enough to to take those opportunities. And one thing I know, Heinz, is tough enough, is he, uh, driven enough. Um, it's not ideal. I mean, I would like him to have played a lot more rugby and go into that setup. But he's going into a good team. He's going into a very, very good team. He's going to a Springbok team that are world champions. Um, and he's going into a team where, you know, they, they settled. So... I suppose it's very difficult for me to say. I mean, ideally, I mean, that's the, the real world. You want him to have lots of games under his belt. You want him to have been playing like he was playing this time last year. I mean, he beat the SAA side on his own uh, when we played them in Cape Town. Um, and that was against all the foreign players who, who played overseas. I signed him till 2026, Heinz, and that's why I handled him like I do. You know, I've got, I've got a long-term plan for him, but... Our goal was always to get him back into the national setup. You know, that was part of the talk I had with him when he joined us. And ideally, ideally, it's probably yeah, probably a little bit more time. But the burning desire and the and the drive he has to be a Springbok. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is that I, I hope that the public um, are as patient and understanding of the fact that it's where he's come from and where he is now is. Firstly, he's not as he's not who he is. He's much better than than he has been for us the last couple of weeks. Um, but you know, as you all know, it's uh, it takes a while for a player to get to that level and fire at that level. I mean, it doesn't just happen overnight. Courtney Laws won't join up with the England squad for their autumn international training camp as he continues to recover from concussion. The Northampton lock has been replaced by London Irish's Tom Pearson for next week's trip to Jersey. Eddie Jones side begin their campaign against Argentina at Twickenham 
on November 6th. And finally, former England captain Chris Robshaw has announced his retirement from rugby. The 36-year-old played almost all of his club career at Harlequins before finishing up at San Diego Legion in the United States. Robshaw won 66 England caps, adding that the captaincy was the greatest honour of his career. However, three dislocated shoulders in quick succession have informed his decision to quit. That's it for this week's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed to receive this daily dose of oval ball goodness and to provide all your good interaction and reviews. My name is Richie McCormack and I'll talk to you on Monday.